Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. Developments in the Judeo horn of the Judeo Christian beast are changing Israel's course. Or are they? I'll examine that. And then on the COVID front, I'll continue tracking the progress toward the slave branding of the global population with the mark of the beast. First, Benjamin Netanyahu has lost control of the Israeli government this past week. Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid formed a co-prime ministership government with the Arab Joint List in its coalition. Their use of Netanyahu's own trick against Benny Gantz last year has now been turned on him. And while the change may feel refreshing, it is not. Naftali Bennett is further into the religious right, you know, those who want to persecute us for confessing that Yeshua is God in the flesh, than Netanyahu. And Yair Lapid has always been a little left of center. The left of center may seem possible for bringing a Bennett government more toward the center, but that is not likely to happen either. Lapid signed on with Bennett not the other way around and Bennett will be the first to serve changes that this far right religious Zionist wants to make will have to happen quickly before his time in office is up Bennett made some important political concessions with Lapid except for one very important issue what Bennett was able to negotiate was that the full cabinet 26 cabinet members will likely include one-third women, one-third religious Jews, one-third Jews of Sephardi origin, along with some token Arab and Ethiopian origin ministers. This means the cabinet's politicians will remain more to the religious right, even though Netanyahu is gone. But Bennett had to give up on his big dream for the moment. He has aggressively promoted annexing most of the West Bank. His joining forces with leftist anti-annexationist Yair Lapid in order to save Israel from political disaster meant that, at least for now, annexation of the West Bank is out the window. That will have prophetic implications Bennett's historic coalition agreement with centrist leader Yair Lapid brought together a wide swath of political parties as part of a change coalition to oust Netanyahu, including a far-left party and, even for the first time in Israeli history, an Arab-Israeli party. If Israel's parliament signs off on the deal in the coming days, Bennett will take the top job for the first two years of the four year term followed by Lapid. In other words, so hated was Netanyahu in the Knesset that all the enemies of my enemies are now my friends. Politically, this kind of arrangement almost never lasts, but it could last long enough to really mess things up in the West Bank and have implications for the Gog Magog War. I'll tell you about that in a moment. 
then it will sit alongside politicians with completely opposing ideologies to his own. Then it lies to the right, even of Netanyahu, in several crucial areas. He would carry into office a history of incendiary remarks about Palestinians and a well-documented ambition to annex part of the occupied West Bank. Few Israelis voted for Bennett's Yamina party in March elections, picking up just seven seats compared to Netanyahu's 30, but Bennett found himself the kingmaker, and he made himself the king, wooed by both Netanyahu and Lapid, he was, who needed Bennett's party's support in order to form a majority. Few people voted Democrat in last year's U.S. elections, too. Israel and the U.S. are sister nations. There was a lot of hanky-panky that the states are still dealing with, and Netanyahu is making the same claim as Trump. There was election fraud. How much of his agenda Bennett can achieve while constrained in an awkwardly assembled coalition remains to be seen. But if the deal stands, the Yelmina leader could become a major player on the world scene. And this is where Bennett's role as prime minister could get interesting. Bennett, you may remember, is the guy who spearheaded the 2018 Jewish state bill that now defines Israel as a Jewish-only state. And Israelis are now not going for anything less than a one-state solution, meaning no non-Jews in Israel, unless they're Noahides. Bennett's main ambition relates to Israel's control of the entire land from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. His move to oust Netanyahu has landed him in a tough spot regarding annexation. Under the deal with Lapid, it is expected that no big decisions will be made on the issue of the occupation as it could cause the delicate ideologically diverse coalition to break apart. So it turns out that in exchange for having a right-wing government, Bennett had to give up his annexation dreams. Maybe. Keep listening. Politics requires patience and compromise. Bennett had to drop his dream of annexation when he formed this new government with leftist Lapid and Palestinian United Arab List, but he has sworn to not freeze Jewish settlement building. More was the desire to oust Netanyahu than to annex the West Bank. So, how does this play into the coming Gog-Magog war? Well, war. Perhaps, and I say perhaps, we will have to watch and see how this unfolds. Bennett will find an excuse to go to war to conquer, not annex, the West Bank, since he cannot annex it now under the deal. Here is what Haaretz had to say about Bennett and his new government. The anticipated investiture of Israel's first religious Zionist prime minister could also usher in a new type of national conversation, one of condescending religious patriotic schmaltz, saccharine and pathetic. 
It is not exactly new. This brand of discourse has stirred on the hills of the West Bank for half a century, with all the sanctimonious gazing heavenward. From there it spread to the army and the media and all the other junctions of power where the religious Zionists have conquered over the last several years. From now on it will play a much more central role. The Jewish state will become the Yiddishkeit state. In the role of the harbinger is M.K. Nir Orbach of Yamina. The post he wrote explaining his decision to support Naftali Bennett's government is an instructive document. A thousand sublime words about nothing. A personal political decision presented as if it had world-shaking importance. A political deal by someone who has switched parties a few times, packaged as a shift in the order of creation. Choosing one of two possible right-wing governments, as if it were a matter of principle, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he sounded less pompous. From now on, any amendment to the laws governing parking will be presented as if it was a divine order. We may as well start getting used to it. Good old Hapuel Hamizraki, whose leaders objected to launching the Six-Day War, was long since replaced by messiahs on their own behalf. Orbach best exemplifies the change. In his own eyes, he is the messiah's deputy. This Haaretz author may not know just how close to the truth he is coming. Pay attention! He says, to the content, the return of the repellent, arrogant, ultra-nationalist talk of a model society and a light to the nations. Pay attention indeed. This new government, more than Netanyahu's, has a greater chance of bringing forward the Antichrist. This mindset must be taken seriously, says Haaretz. It has seeped deep into Israeli society far beyond Bennett's base. Many Israelis, too many, still believe in the preposterous story about the chosen people and our divine right to this land. Seemingly, there's nothing wrong with it. What's so bad about a people that is self-satisfied to the point of intoxication? But, as in every loss of contact with reality, here too there is a suicidal syndrome that is dangerous to believers and their surroundings. What kind of model society is Orbach talking about? The one that deports asylum seekers, that throws people out of their homes because of their national affiliation, the one that imprisons hundreds of people without a trial, that shoots demonstrators, light to the nations, seriously? It would be enough for Israel to be like all the other nations. In terms of morality, it is inferior to the most mediocre of them. 
And of which eternal values of religious Zionism does he speak as a representative of a movement that worships mass dispossession, that believes in the supremacy of one nation over another in this land, that believes that a divine promise equals property registration, that is sure there is no one else besides it, and that translates its condescending beliefs into its political doctrine. Let me clarify something. This is me talking now. This Haaretz author's opinion does not match with scripture any more than the Zionist rights does. Kingdom citizens like me are not religious Zionists. We are citizens of a still hidden kingdom and we, the hidden remnant, are the evidence that it still exists on this earth. I'm just telling you this so you will understand the difference. Religious Zionism stakes claim to the kingdom, which Jews call the world to come, and says it will be founded on the four tribes and the smattering of those from other tribes that are within Judaism. Christianity agrees with this since they're going to inherit heaven or some nonsensical version of the promised land. But make no mistake, religious Zionism and the now religious Zionist Israeli government is Mystery Babylon in its fullest appearance since John wrote about it 2,000 years ago. Back to the article. They condescend to the non-Jews and to secular Jews, says this author. They are principled with full wagons ranged against all the empty wagons. They are more pioneering and more Zionist than everyone else. They do not deal with trifles, but rather only with the fate of the Jewish people. Orbach is not important. His thought and his style will from now on be more important pay attention to the blinding light of religion of ultranationalism and of the condescension that he represents with all this religious Zionism now at the forefront how in the world did the United Arab list get entangled in it well (laughs) Mansour Abbas saw his moment to shine and took it Mansour Abbas of the United Arab List overcame the objections of the Palestinians when he joined with the seven other Jewish political parties to form the Netanyahu ousting coalition by telling them he had secured 53 million shekels to improve infrastructure and fight crime in Palestinian majority towns in Israel. Also, the UAL also announced that it had been guaranteed the new government would stop the demolition of Palestinian homes built without a permit in Israel and that it would officially recognize Bedouin towns in the Negev desert, a stronghold for Abbas's party. 
The Knesset's new motley crew's success at forming may have been partially a reaction to President Joe Biden's agenda of pushing a two-state solution on Israel again. Biden's appearance on the world stage may have helped to oust Netanyahu because in the past Netanyahu negotiated with the quartet for a two-state solution in Israel. But Israelis are no longer in the mood for a two-state solution. But Biden is now helping the Judeo-Christian beast continue to rise by laying the groundwork for a renewed push to encourage more Arab countries to sign accords with Israel and working to strengthen existing deals after last month's devastating war in the Gaza Strip interrupted those diplomatic efforts. However, the Biden State Department discourages employees from referring to the historic peace accords signed by Israel and its Arab neighbors by its official name, the Abraham Accords, The name has also been erased from a wide array of official State Department communications as the new administration presses officials to refer to the Trump-era deals as normalization agreements. No matter, no matter, it doesn't matter what it's called. The King of the South, Israel, will continue to ally with the Sunni Muslims. And the important thing is that Biden is on board to continue forming this coalition. As the Judeo-Christian beast continues its rise and Jerusalem Mystery Babylon continues to gain power, the Great Resetter Globalists' depopulation plans continue to progress, particularly in Israel, who is leading the world to its destruction. Nearly one-third of young Israelis who became eligible for COVID vaccines this week have already had the virus, according to new data, raising questions about the necessity of the additional vaccination campaign. So to make sure they keep having COVID troubles, the Israeli government will now jab 600,000 12 to 15-year-olds. These young people must not be allowed to escape being handed over to the United Nations World Health Organization's unclean green beast. Also, just to keep the world's population low, these teens who are now coming of breeding age must be kept infertile, given myocarditis, that's enlarged heart, and a host of other health problems that will keep them young. But hey, the Jews get to lead the way right into the mouth of the beast with the mark of the beast. You see, the beast that gets to exercise the United Nations power is the Judeo-Christian beast. Revelation 13:11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Now I've said before, the two horns represent Christianity and Judaism, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed that word worship is serve they serve the first beast the united nations 
and in return for leading the free world into the slavery of the beast system the Judeo-Christian beast makes the people worship the image of the beast Revelation 13.13 and he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live and he had power to give life to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed and he caused all both great and small rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name a few weeks ago I wrote about the UN China's and the false prophet's frog mascot wouldn't it be something if the UN's official frog became the actual image of the beast that people worship Satan's retribution for the most famous of the Egyptian plagues frogs so you see this is all planned regardless of who gets into office in the US and then in Israel all of those perverse leaders all of them are playing by the same book reading the same script and doing what all false prophets do when promoting their favorite beast which is telling the world that the jab which kills is good for them and that everything will be okay if people will just sit down mask up and shut up and give us your right arm according to the US VAERS more deaths have occurred following COVID-19 vaccinations than all available vaccines combined over a 15 and a half year period even if you have immunity from a previous infection and are at higher risk of severe side effects you are still being pushed to get the jab says Dr. McCullough and Dr. McCullough asks the obvious question could it be that the whole COVID-19 pandemic was about the vaccine and getting a global mass vaccination campaign underway for population control purposes he asks recent weeks have seen a significant rise in vaccination incentives in the US from free donuts cake french fries hot dogs and pizza to arcade tokens 10 cent beer free state park season passes free uber and lyft rides free marijuana and Cincinnati Reds baseball tickets a chance to win a full scholarship and even one million dollars and a five million dollars giveaway meanwhile the US vaccine adverse events reporting system has logged more deaths following COVID-19 vaccinations than all available vaccines combined over the 15 and a half period.
Former COVID-19 patients are even pushed to get the jab, even though they already have superior immunity. And studies now show they have a far higher risk of severe side effects from the vaccine. And North Carolina has passed legislation that allows children as young as 12 to get the COVID vaccine without parental consent. COVID-19 vaccines might perform as a depopulation weapon by triggering antibody-dependent immune enhancement, making you more susceptible to severe COVID-19 if exposed to the virus. Antibodies against the spike proteins may also attack syncotin homologous proteins essential for the formation of placenta, which could result in infertility. Overall, the shots may destroy your innate immunity and set you up for rapid onset of debilitating illness and premature death. Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the most courageous, well-credentialed academic physicians rather out there, and Dr. McCullough hopes to interview him soon. He is a vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center, and despite his impeccable credentials, he has been vilified for stating during the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic that it was all about the vaccine and getting a global mass vaccination campaign underway. All roads lead to the vaccine, McCullough said in a recent interview with stakeholders banking on countries mandating the vaccine worldwide. McCullough McCullough points out that a number of countries are already talking about making the as-yet-unlicensed COVID-19 vaccine compulsory, meaning anyone and everyone can be forced to take it against their will. That's how bad stakeholders want vaccination, McCullough says. They do want a needle in every arm. Why? That's the million-dollar question right there. What's this vaccine program really about? Why is the vaccine pushed in this way? McCullough believes it's a global goal to mark people, to get you into their vaccine database, which will eventually be turned into a tool for population control, courtesy of Vaxports, which are a soft way to introduce people to the idea of literally being marked as slaves, rather than merely holding the certificate or app of your slavery in your hand. Mike Adams this week listed the five phases of corralling people into slavery. Phase one, it's voluntary, pushed by media propaganda, paying off social media influencers and doctors, etc. This phase ensnares those who are gullible enough to think getting injected with spike protein biological weapons will somehow quote-unquote save them or set them free. Phase 2. Incentives. Lottery tickets, free beer, free donuts, etc. This phase ensnares those who are stupid enough to trade their lives for beer and donuts. There are a lot of these people, and even the globalists realize that such low IQ people have nothing to contribute to human civilization. Phase 3. Private sector punishments. 
In this phase, they use corporations to deny people access to services such as air travel, cruise ships, restaurants, sporting events, concerts, etc. This phase hopes to make being unvaccinated extremely inconvenient. And in capital letters, Mike Adams says, We are here now. The next phase, apparently, is criminal fines or jail time from the government sector. This phase will kick in after the fake news media blames the unvaxxed for continued spike protein outbreaks that are killing people. Laws will be passed in some jurisdictions that require constant vaccines and booster shots. Any who refuse to comply will be fined or jailed. You can expect this push to originate in blue states, says Adams. Phase 5. Kinetic or military sector. Open biological and kinetic warfare on the American people carried out by the woke military against the citizens. This phase will take place after the vaccine deep state works with the Biden-Obama regime to stage a massive false flag shooting tragedy that can be blamed on anti-vaxxers and gun owners. Once this event is carried out, Biden and the Democrats will call for turning the U.S. military against the citizens to carry out nationwide gun confiscation and force COVID-19 vaccines at gunpoint. Off script, go over to News News and Prophecy because the U.S. is rolling out a gun legislation for your perusal. Hal Turner, maybe you know who he is, did a report claiming that the German government has passed a law that allows vaccinations to be produced that cause the vaccinated to excrete microorganisms that can be ingested by the non-vaccinated, thereby causing them to become infected with the vaccination. I want to clear up some things about his report that was published on June 7th. He does not say that this is a new law, just one that was passed into law. However, one gets the sense that this is a new law. I found it difficult to verify what he says by getting this law in English. The German version would not translate into English. It was 74 pages, too long to do in Google Translate. So I used the image portrayed by Turner to do a a page search of the German words in the image. Huh, I could not find the exact phrases that Turner showed on his website. Now, I don't like it when I cannot verify for you, my listeners, what is published online. Credibility is everything, especially now that the world has gotten so weird. The truth about this is that the law was passed on July 20th, 2000. And let me read to you some of its content from the unofficial English version because the the law is only enforceable in German. Section 21 on vaccines in this German law. 
In the case of a vaccination stipulated by law, one required under the provisions of this act, a vaccination recommended to the general public by the supreme health authority of the land, or a vaccination pursuant to section 17 paragraph 4 of the act on soldiers, vaccines containing microorganisms which can be excreted by the vaccinated person and taken up by others may be employed. That sentence is followed by the basic constitutional right to in physical integrity, Article 2, Paragraph 2, Sentence 1 of the Basic Law shall be limited in this respect. Did you catch that? This law was created in 2000 and it was already addressing self-spreading vaccinations. Oh yeah, this was already in the works. And now let's talk about section 22, the vaccination card. The vaccinating physician shall enter into vaccination immediately into a vaccination card pursuant to paragraph 2 or should the latter not be presented shall issue a certificate of vaccination. The vaccinating physician shall enter the contents of the certificate of vaccination into the vaccination card upon request. In his absence the health office shall make the entry pursuant to sent Yep, the New World Order was already planning Vaxports in 2000 when everyone was worrying about the end of life as we knew it in 1999. They knew what was coming. They hid their legislative prototype in Germany. The people who followed Hitler into German supremacy and caused the deaths of 75 million people in World War II. Are you surprised that Germany is in the forefront of this? Well, a bunch more people are going to die this time. Now continuing with the vaccination card or the vaccination certificate shall contain the following information on each vaccination. Date of vaccination, name and batch number of the vaccination, name of the disease vaccinated against. They hadn't decided on a name for it yet. Name and address of the vaccinating physician and signature of the vaccinating physician or confirmation of the entry by the health office. Number three. The vaccination card shall contain in an appropriate form information on the proper conduct in the event of an unusual post-vaccinal reaction. Huh. And on the claims that may arise from section 60 to 64, if a vaccine injury were to occur, as well as the authorities at whose offices these claims can be put forward. And then we come to chapter 8, health requirements for food handlers. Persons who are suffering or suspected of suffering from abdominal typhus, paratyphoid fever, cholera, shilagosis, salmon, salmonellosis, 
any other infectious enteritis or viral hepatitis A or E, suffering from infected wounds or skin diseases, the pathogens of which can be transmitted via foodstuffs, excreting shigali, salmonellae, enterohymolytic Escherichia coli or cholera vibrons. These people are prohibited from engaging in their activities if they are suffering from or suspected of suffering from one of the diseases specified in paragraph number one, which are suffering from one of the diseases specified in paragraph number two, or who excrete any of the pathogens specified in paragraph one, number three. Notice that having the COVID virus does not prohibit you from working. Well, how could it? COVID did not exist in 2000. They were still working on it. It would take another 20 years for it to come to fruition. Section 2, definition of terms. There is only one definition I want to draw your attention to. Number 11, vaccine injury are the health-related and economic consequences of a health impairment due to vaccination, the degree of which exceeds that of a normal post-vaccinal reaction. A vaccine injury is also present if agents capable of replication were used for vaccination and persons other than the person vaccinated were injured. I have no words to express my outrage. They already were planning for self-spreading vaccines to counter those who refused to get the jab and then roll over to get sick enough to die. Now let's talk about the vax ports that Germany was planning, those certificates way back there in uh, the year 2000. And look, I know we all have had vaccination records. I had a vaccination record entering school at the age of six in 1961. So this is not new. But they were making other plans for those vaccination records in the year 2000. As Dr. Mercola this week said... As reported by Reuters, May 30th, 2021, it now looks like the UK will be scrapping its plan for vax ports as a legal requirement for large events, although a government spokesman told Reuters that a final decision has yet to be made and that the COVID-19 vaccine certification review is still ongoing. Why the sudden change? Well, according to Mercola, it is because Britons have repeatedly taken to the streets in protests of the medical apartheid these passports create. But don't be fooled. The UK did not budge because of protests. The fact is, the UK doesn't need such a passport. The reason the UK does not need a vaxport is because the European Union is rolling out its version this summer. The UK is a member of the European Union and is governed by it. Mercola reported that it was the Britain's protests that may have stopped the UK from issuing a vaxport. Nope. 
It is because the EU will be issuing one and every citizen will be required to have one to travel. Case in point, Wembley Stadium in London will require either a Vaxport or negative PCR test to attend this year's Euro 2020 football match in July. But actually, England has rolled out an NHS Vaxport and it's not just for football games. How will the NHS app work for travel, asks this article from the BBC. People in England can now travel to some countries without having to quarantine when they return. The so-called Green List, Green covers 12 countries and territories including Portugal, Australia and Iceland. People who have had both doses of the COVID vaccine can use the NHS app at border controls to prove, to prove their vaccination status. Everyone knows that quarantines are not the issue, but the world is pretending that quarantining is the issue, and ain't it just wonderful that now we can prove we've been marked so that we don't have to quarantine when we travel. The NHS app is user-friendly, and if you don't want to carry your phone everywhere to prove your green marked status, why, you can download a PDF and carry that with you. It's lighter than your phone, but you can't call anyone or play games on it. What else could a COVID passport be used for, asks this BBC article. The government is piloting different ways to run large events in a range of venues across England at the moment, including concerts, nightclubs, and sporting fixtures. Then the question, will I need a COVID passport to go to the pub? The answer, there is no legal requirement for a COVID passport to be able to go to a pub or restaurant. However... The government says it is legal for such businesses to ask customers for proof of COVID status if they wish to, as long as they do not break equality laws. What's less clear is whether the law could change at a later date. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't do that. Meaning businesses are forced then to ask customers about their status. The Prime Minister previously suggested pub goers could be asked to provide proof of vaccination once all adults have been offered a first jab by the end of July. (coughs) CNN says... Bulgaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Germany, Greece, Lithuania, Poland, and Spain have signed on to the EU's Vaxport. Expect others to join before too long. Countries which rely on tourism are trying to lure tourists back before their rivals. Already, 22 additional countries have successfully tested the gateway. EU citizens, their families, and legal residents are eligible to use the app. Vaccination is not required to use the app. It also stores information about your PCR tests. 
Dr. Mercola reports that 14 U.S. states have banned the use of vax ports. That leaves 36 that have not. People from those 14 states where no vax port is required who want to travel to those other 36 states where they may soon be required could find themselves prevented from doing so. As I reported on April 15, 2021, Jen Psaki told the truth when she said there would be no U.S. centrally organized database of the vaccinated. That's because New York State has already rolled out the Excelsior Pass. Hawaii will soon have its own vax port and even Orange County, California has its own app. The federal government doesn't have to roll out its own vax port. Nope. The U.S. government is considering federal guidelines only, so apps can be interoperable and open-sourced, allowing developers to see what's happening behind the coding to create a more transparent and collaborative process. In other words, Get the merchants of the earth to do it so it won't look like the government is forcing you to be marked. Among the government's concerns are that not everyone who would need a passport has a smartphone. Passports should be free and in multiple languages and private health information must be protected. All of these concerns would be solved with a quantum tattoo as evidence of the piercing the Karagma, federal and state governments aside, Vaxport apps are the new opportunity for small businesses to get on board to fill their pockets, but still, small businesses will have to vie for their piece of the pie against the likes of IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, Mayo Clinic, and the Commons Project. Jen Wanger, the Director of Programs for Linux Foundation Public Health, said hundreds of companies are actively involved in making vaccine credential solutions. Her organization is behind the COVID-19 Credentials Initiative, a global community made up of more than 450 technologists, academics, and healthcare professionals from more than 100 organizations that is among the groups establishing standards for vaccine health pass apps, Vaxports. So, while it is correct that the the UK is not rolling out a vax port, it really is true that the UK has one, after all, because while the UK's NHS does have a vax port, the one to be used for Wimbledon is produced by the European Union, but that's okay because only a few countries have signed on to use the EU's vax ports. The others are only looking into it. You know, it must be frustrating to be a globalist right now. They have to do all this maneuvering and trying to hide the truth. And, you know, that's hard. It's hard to have to lie to people all the time and try to keep secrets and all. You know, Anthony Fauci is finding out right now how hard it is to be a liar. They must be wishing they could just get to the end of the process where everyone is marked, finally. 
The globalists are using the soft mainstream media to stop the people from being spooked by reporting soft news that uses vague language, and each news outlet reports on the issue in a different way, and they even contradict each other. You know how it is. Animals. And that's what they believe people are, you know, a herd. You know, they get spooked when they are driven. Herds of animals can be driven, but it's hard on them, and they wear out fast. Now, you would think that's a good thing, because the faster we all die, the sooner they can get about living their lives of supreme luxury without having to go through all this hardship. The problem is that they can't have too many people dying all at once. It has to be scattered out over the next four years. And this all takes patience. So there they are, these globalists, having to deal with the hardship and be patient. The human animals are beginning to wear out from the constant need to be vaccinated over and over. And all the understanding now coming forward that this is the mark of the beast is setting off the herd, scattering in different directions. So the globalists' mainstream media is reporting stories like this one from Reuters that says... Ah, don't let it trouble your pretty little head. The UK ain't rolling out the requirement that shows evidence of having been marked. But Mercola was right about one thing. It is important to realize that Vaxports or any other type of certification in and of themselves are not the end goal here. They're merely a part of a much larger plan to implement a social credit system such as that already is implemented in China. First, they'd be expanded to cover other required vaccinations before proceeding further. And now, just a word about those Christian, Messianic, Jewish, and Hebrew roots leaders worldwide who are still waiting to admit they were wrong and this is the mark of the beast and that it has a systematic method of marking everyone for slavery. Let me just say that you should not walk away from those people and never listen to them again. You should run away. The Jewish and Israeli horns on the Judeo-Christian beast are just about to really get going now. And the progress of the COVID piercings and the subsequent vaxports are just the beginning. Please go to News, News, and Prophecy for more headlines about this week's prophetic news. There's some good stuff in there. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.